When it comes to hard work, there's one important rule. Pick the right tool for the right job. That's why Chevy offers a family of Silverado pickup trucks designed just for the job. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. Hi, I'm Paul Listick, and welcome to Behind the Curtain. What's a story? Morning glory. What's a tale? Nightingale. Did you hear about Hugo and Kim? Hi, Margie. Hi, Alice. What's a story? Morning glory. What's a word? Hummingbird. Have you heard about Hugo and Kim? Did they really get pinned? Did she kiss him and cry? Did he pin the pin on? Or was he too shy? Well, I heard they got pinned. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping they would. Uh-huh. Got them at last. He's gone. Ah, welcome everybody to Paul Lisnick behind the curtain. This is Paul Lisnick from WGN TV, having fun on the podcast side of things. And uh, you may be wondering why I would open up with the telephone hour from Bye Bye Birdie. Well, that's because when I was a kid, that was my version of social media. Uh, you just you made phone calls, you chat, and if you had several people on the phone at one time, you were big time social media. Well, it's not your grandmother or father's social media world anymore, as you all know. It's a whole different world. So. So I decided to chat with a professor who understands this stuff and a few guys who live in that world of, of playing the social media with the hope that we will all learn a little bit of something about this and maybe get some tips for those of us who want to be more powerful in social media than we currently are, like me. Um, so let's find out. Joining me for this show, Ben Epstein, who is a associate professor of political science at DePaul, where he researches and teaches about American political culture, but his work explores change in political communication, the internet, the media. He's a great person to give us his insight and has more followers than Tom Cruise. Hey, Ben, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Paul. It's great to be here. All right. So, and then we have three other folks, but let me start. I'm going to kind of, kind of talk to you uh, for a little bit on your own and bring each of you in within a short amount of time. I'm going to start with Jason Kosadis. Uh, Jason is an actor. Uh, you may have seen him playing Jimmy Bennett on Criminal Minds, Insatiable on Netflix, Kidding on Showtime, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Saw that scene where you ran across the stage. Uh, and most recently, uh, he'll be appearing on Hulu's Pam and Tommy, which comes out next year. Uh, he was in Boy Culture, a six part series where he plays a pimp. We'll talk about that some other time, Jace. And um, he's currently shooting a new series called Open to It, where he plays Princeton. When you watch his Instagram, and by the way, when we're all done, I think you're all going to get some new followers here. Um, But what you see are his postings on fitness, on family, on products, on modeling, on acting. Jason, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So, so talk to me. I mean, again, it makes sense. I get why you're on social media because you're an actor. Uh, you know, you want to do these kind of things, but, but talk to me about what your mission is on social media. And then we're going to come to Ben and get a little bit of insight here. Um, I don't, I don't really know if I have a flushed out mission, um, per se. Um, so I basically started social media, as you mentioned, because I started pursuing a career in the arts and entertainment. Um, and not sure if you're aware, but now if you want to, break into this sort of a uh, field, you have to have some sort of a following because what used to pay for television were commercials and advertisements that would kind of air in between these TV shows or before movies. And now because of streaming networks, that's not a thing anymore. So 
they leverage actors um, or these celebrity social media followings to kind of like bring viewers into these programs and make sure that these TV shows are going to get eyes on them. So if you don't have a significant amount of following or somewhat um, of an emerging kind of social media, then you could miss out on a lot of opportunities. So that's kind of how I started doing that. Um, And then it just turned into like, oh, you know, I'm just going to share more about my life because that's what people kind of seem to connect with. And um, I actually read this really interesting article um, yesterday um, where it delved into this topic of how we as the audience kind of connect more to actors who share the personality on social media because we see them as real people or at least something to aspire to. Um, And that's kind of what people want to see on screen because it's sort of like an escape from their own lives, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, that's and Ben. Let me come to you because Jason makes a great point, and I and I think our other guests will probably not be dissimilar. Which is when we all start in this thing, we're not quite sure what we're after, except increase our presence. As our professor here, can you give us a little insight as to? I mean, you don't have to go back to the telephone hour from Bye Bye Birdie when <laughs> my version of social media. But how did all this stuff just catch on, grow, and explode in these last period of years? Yeah, I, well, I just I really appreciated hearing Jason's, uh, you know, honest and I think really common experience of sort of, you know, getting on these different platforms and and both the need for that professionally, but also not really having a, a clear plan. And then that that experience sort of evolves over time. And I mean, I think that that as we look sort of back historically at how, you know, how different communication technology has changed and the different opportunities that are out there, what really changed not only with the internet broadly, but, um, but then increasingly with the social media and mobile technology is that um, our individual opportunities to um, have our voices out there and ultimately to have those voices heard and potentially increase our influence. It just, it just increased, right? The barriers decreased over time and our, opportunities increase and we don't need to own a we don't need to own a, a television network we don't need to own um you know a, a movie studio to be able to have our voice out there and so um that is really a powerful thing whether you're talking about people in the entertainment industry or whether you're talking about people in politics or whether you're just talking about individuals who are interested in whatever their niche topic can be the opportunity for regular people to have a great a greater influence just has increased exponentially over time. And, and because of that, we also have sort of developed our own brands, right? That's, I think that's part of what Jason is describing and correct me if I'm wrong, but that, that you build your own connection to your own followers. And then that can not only open doors, but also helps to sort of build who you are in your industry, whatever that industry might be. And influence comes with that. So uh, the technology matters and the, and the way that people interact with technology um, it's all part of the same story. You know, and Jason, I'll stick with you here. You know, you, you from time to time, we'll, we'll talk about products you're using. And I imagine maybe you have some relationship with the companies that do that. Um, and it's a promotion thing, but then you'll, this caught my eye. You recently came to Chicago for your brother's birthday. And so I enjoyed seeing pictures of you at Lou Malnati's, my favorite pizza place and enjoying Teatro Zanzani because I'm all about theater. And there you are enjoying this grand city that has nothing to do with the products. Um, but you share all these things. So is there, what kind of thought process, if any, do you go through when you're putting things up or is, is it just because our phones are sitting in our hands 24-7, you're somewhere and you go, what the heck, I'm going to post this. 
Well, I think I think it ties into a lot of what um, Ben was saying also with branding and everybody having the ability to express their own voice um, almost at lightning speed now, um, is that before we used to specifically, I'm going to um, talk about actors because that's kind of like the world I live in, but before these actors were seen as kind of like, you know, products on television that we know nothing about. But now that everyone is kind of like always accessible, people tend to do their research and we are living in this culture of accountability also. So it kind of comes off as like fake if someone on social media is just like only posting products or it could get kind of boring if you're just posting like you with your family at a restaurant every single time. So a little bit of um, variability every once in a while keeps people entertained, keeps people engaged. Um, People love following someone whose opinions they connect with. Um, So it's, the products I advertise are things I already use or have posted before on my story. And then those companies reach out and are like, wow, this is already kind of naturally on your page anyway. Why not give it a little extra push? Um, so then I do partner with them for some sort of a sponsored post. So it's kind of natural and seamless, whereas otherwise it would seem kind of like a paid commercial. And people are like, well, you're, we know you're getting paid for this. This is kind of fake. We don't like it. Um, yeah. So it's it's more of like a sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish up. Oh, I was just thinking it's more kind of like a natural flow of things that that people tend to like because um, no, nobody likes being duped, um, and you can you can kind of like point out what's fake nowadays anyway. Um, so it, it just kind of developed naturally. And, and I think, and, and I, I just know my other guests are chomping at the bit here because I know you have a lot to say. I'm gonna, and so I'm going to shift gears a little bit away from your world, Jason. And, and Keith Lau uh, is with us. I mean, Keith, you have over 138,000 followers. And when I asked you how you see your purpose in social media, you basically, I think, gave me a priority list. You said, I'm a father, I'm an influencer, I'm a videographer, I'm a vegan, I'm an environmentalist. We'll leave the vegan thing out of it for right now. But, um, you know, when, when I look through your, your posts, you've got uh, your family, your pets, your daughter, the environment, modeling, dancing clips. Talk to me about your mission in social media, what you're after, and how you create this variety of things. You never, when you pop up on the Instagram feed, you never know what you're going to be doing. Yeah, I- Thank you, Paul. That's actually a really good question. I um, And kind of going back to what Jason was saying, I never really started this with a huge plan. Um, it kind of developed on its own, and then I have since molded it to um, the direction that I'm going. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, I think, and, and similar to what Jason was saying, it, it, it really is about kind of displaying your personality. Um, and that's one of the things that, um, and authenticity, I think, is a, it's a heavily overused word um, in the sense of like trying to fabricate it. But um, there are sometimes you just want to show what you've been working on and things that you're doing. And like, as, as a person, there are a lot of different aspects of my life um, that I want to share with people. And so for a long time, I would only post like modeling photos because that's kind of all of the scope of what I thought people wanted to see. And then I realized that people actually care about who I am as an individual, and then some of the other things that matter with me or matter to me, um, like environmentalism, for example. And while that may turn some people away, other people develop a deeper relationship with me as a result. And so I may have less fans as a result, but they're people who have a stronger connection with me as an individual. So. 
Well, you won me over when I started seeing the chicken pictures that you uh, <laughs> you're raising along with all the pets that you have. And 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 I guess that's part of the environmental thing. And just it kind of shows a softer side of you, right? You're clearly an animal lover. Yes. Yes, very much so. Ben, yeah, it's I funny. Just wanna, uh, the, yeah, oh, go ahead. the chickens, and I, yeah, I, I know you didn't want to get into the vegan thing. The chickens. I'm just, that was a joke. That was a joke. You're welcome to. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, it's, I, I get a lot of questions as to why we have chickens, even though we are vegans. Um, and we got it before we became, we got them before we became vegans. Um, but they take like, I, I think like three months to actually mature and start laying eggs. And in that period of time, um, we became vegan, so effectively these chickens are just kind of our pets, uh, and just kind of part of the part of the background of what we have going on here at the house. I, well, can I ask you then the eggs? Because vegan means you also can't eat the eggs, right? And so, what what happens to the eggs? Uh, we feed them to the dogs. Uh, they they help kind of. They're not vegans. A little bit. Yeah. Well, it's a little bit um, to to a degree, and that's that's one of the things that has become more and more important to me is is kind of advocating on on the side of what's going on within the agricultural industry. Um, I have, I mean, I I know where these chickens are coming from. They live in my backyard. Um, I have no problem feeding those eggs to, to my dogs. I think that for me, if I'm going to advocate um, these kinds of, um, I guess, morals, then I think I should probably, it's, it's kind of incumbent on me to be a little bit more strict with what I'm doing and become, and to like stay strictly vegan. But I mean, they're, they're dogs and <laughs> I know where the eggs are coming yeah. from, so it's not a big deal. Yeah, the dogs probably don't realize that. There's a school near me that they actually, I guess it's for the kids, they have chickens outside, and they're always, so I always walk by with my dogs so they can sort of bark at the chickens, and I, the chickens could care less. I, I would not do that if the chickens seemed to be afraid, but they could care less. They probably get yeah. this all day long. And so I just thought it sounds like your chickens, these chickens, they're the luckiest chickens in the world because they're ending up on nobody's table, so so good for them. Mm-hmm. Ben, I want to I want to ask you for people that so you know Keith has sort of this sort of bigger mission in life and the notion of letting people know about saving the environment and it and it's pretty clear. And I've been seeing more and more from you, Keith, uh, on that in terms of the environment. Ben, how influential can people be on social media? I mean, can Keith change some minds when he does these things? Uh, no, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, I think that that um, the idea of and I think Keith, you mentioned this this often overused term of authenticity, right? If we, we, you know, there's a lot of psychological studies and political psychology that goes into, uh, you know, what is more or less influential. And, um, and many of those uh, talk to, you know, people having experiences and sharing those things with us that that really impacts our view, right? And, and it impacts our view much more if they're people that we relate to or, or even more people that we know. And, one thing that's really powerful is that, you know, I, I think that everyone on this list has infinitely more followers than I do, and that's fine with me. But many of those people that are following each of you feel like they know you. At least they feel like they know you to a certain extent. And so you can absolutely uh, have, have an influence there. And uh, so social media broadly, I mean, and, and it really we think about it as one big thing, but each of these platforms does some different, do some different things or offer some different opportunities. And there's no question that um, influence is available. That influence we've seen as, you know, can be really powerful for positive things. Like I would, I would totally support the idea of increasing environmental awareness and talking about issues, um, you know, issues of social awareness and, and social justice and things that, that are, that are incredibly important today. And we've also seen, 
influence in in ways that you know a lot of people would be concerned about um but influence is much more readily available today there's just no question and, and Keith, there's something else I want to talk to you about, but I, I want to bring in uh, my, my, my other guest here, Matthew Rodriguez, um, because I know, Matt, you're chomping at the bit on this. And, and, you know, by the way, Ben's right. We feel like we know all of you, although Jason and Keith, they don't live in Chicago like I do. So this notion of, God, we ought to have dinner together. I, I can actually show up at your house and have dinner because um, you live here. But Matt <laughs> is the co-host of Chicago Today on NBC Chicago. It's known here as WMAQ, where he works with my former co-anchor friend, Courtney Hall, who's just amazing. She left me and went to you. Um, But he also worked for... She did. I'm a lucky guy. I'm a lucky guy. Well, or maybe she's lucky. I don't know. Um, He also worked for (laughs) Pop Sugar for five years, which is one of the top digital media brands. Uh, Did tons of social uh, content for Hilton and Hotel Tonight, Cirque du Soleil. Um, But, Matt, the reason I, I know that you have to be chomping on the bit on this, because as you hear Jason's story, Keith's story... You started very differently. You, you sort of, your view of social media initially, well, well, I want you to tell the story, but it was sort of like, hey, I'm by the pool. Let me, let me, let me share that with you. And finally you realized, no, I'm a performer. I'm, an, I'm a TV host. I need to take a, a shift here. Yeah. So when I started at Pop Sugar, you know, I was surrounded by people a lot younger than me. They were like five, six, seven years younger than me. And social media was really taking off. I mean, this is like 2012 when I got the job there. And everyone was kind of obsessed with it. And it just kind of wasn't on my radar. And then I felt obligated to kind of join and do it. But it, it wasn't top of mind. What I loved was being a host, what I was paid for, you know, doing the red carpets, doing the work, doing, uh, we hosted a TV show. Like I loved working on my job and social media was kind of the extra part of that. So I kind of pushed myself more and more over the years to just do more and, and, and post things that I thought would get attention. And then, you know, the next thing I know, I'm posting pictures of myself up against a beautiful wall, trying to look hot, you know, showing a bicep <laughs> or something. And I had to stop and go, what the hell am I doing? Like, this isn't who I wanted to be. I didn't come to L.A. to be a model or, you know, I wanted to tell people's stories and and be a host. Like, that was my dream. And that's what I was doing. But I was finding myself getting distracted by, oh, and I have to post something. I have to. And I wasn't really connected to it. Like I imagine these two gentlemen are connected to what they're posting, but many times I wasn't, I was just posting just to post. And I know that other people feel this way, like I do, and it becomes an obligation. So I kind of had to take myself away from it and pause for, I really paused for a while. I was still posting, but I just wasn't doing what I used to do and posting every day and all that. And I just find myself at peace with it a lot more. Now it's not to say I don't look at people and get those emotions of like, oh, they're doing this, or they're jealous, or they look great in that picture. I should post this. Like, maybe I'm the only one with those kind of um, issues, but I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not. Like, it, social media can also bring up a lot of jealousy. It can bring up insecurity. And I was finding it was really pushing me in that direction. So I've had to really just step away from it and post when I feel like it's worth it. And, and I think since sense. on your show, Chicago Today, <laughs> you, you do a lot of restaurants. I don't know how you eat and drink as much as you do on that show. Um, but let's not tell Keith about the pork segments that you guys tend to do uh, a fair I amount. Know, that, I, that, I that, just that. ate chicken. I feel embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ben, let me let me ask you what I'm hearing uh, and when Matt talks is there has been sort of an evolution, isn't there? So when you let's put Matt, you know, we take Matt back in time in 2012 where he was doing what a lot of people did. I think I'll do this. I'll do this. Um, And, 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 you know, and of course, even today, people just say, oh, look, I have a dinner in front of me. I'll post a picture of my meal. I'm not quite sure why anybody else cares. But how has this sort of evolved over time, Ben? Because to me, these guys, Jason, uh, Jason, Keith, Matt, they like. They now see that there's a grander, broader purpose for this. This is not just let me show you what I'm, what I'm eating for dinner. Yeah, there's uh, there there has been a huge evolution, and whether it's from the so there, there's different different um, sort of perspectives that people have on this. There's the platforms themselves. There's Facebook, and there's Twitter, and there's TikTok, and there's Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, and and they've become more sophisticated over time, and also our use of these these tools and these platforms have become more sophisticated and and then other there's other players in this broader ecosystem right there's uh there are the uh you know as jason pointed out there are you know other products and and companies that are that they're trying to get influence out there and then they're going to be able to partner with other people and so the increasing sophistication offers a lot of opportunity and and i think matthew's right it also offers you know increased um, you know, potential pressures and stresses. The uh, the whistleblower, the Facebook whistleblower that we, um, you know, heard a lot about over the last several weeks with just ongoing negative press about Facebook talked about these internal evidence, incredible amount of evidence that talked about how Facebook was, uh, for teenage girls, uh, really incredibly influential in leading people to potentially have, have body issues and or eating disorders. And the idea that Facebook knew about this to uh, at least to a large extent based on a lot of internal data uh, shows that not only is there pressure to do what Matt was saying, only show a certain image or feel the pressure to, to present yourself in a certain way. Um, but then, but then ultimately the pressure of what you see everyone else doing, which isn't reality. It's the way that they're projecting themselves out there in the public. There's great opportunities to do uh, again, real positive things. And, and also the understanding that it's not reality. So, that means uh, means different things for different people, but it's very different from what it was in, I guess we could say, more innocent uh, earlier <laughs> earlier social media uh, days. And I'm not sure when this ability started. Keith, I want to come to you on this because you are the only one of everybody here who has started to go live. I think it's pretty new for you because you'll, you'll pop up. And I don't, I think I've seen it a couple of times uh, from you, but I don't, I don't see it often, but nobody else even does the live thing unless I'm wrong and they, they will correct me. But can you talk to me about what, what propelled you to say, Hey, I'm going to go live. And uh, at least the sessions I see, you're kind of hanging with, with your girlfriend, with other people, you're chatting, you're having a drink and all of that. Is there a thought to that? Or is this just, I'm just going to kick back and be live. Um, that it kind of comes into aspects, um, it's part of it is casually kind of hanging out with people. Um, and I, I think, Paul, that you had mentioned kind of that the parasocial relationship before in the sense that you know who we are, but we don't really know who you are. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of an opportunity for me to sit there and actually take some time to interact with people in, in a more genuine way. Um, and so in, in that sense, there there is a bit of a plan, but also it is, significantly less structured. It is live. I am literally just sitting there trying to have as much of a face-to-face conversation as I can with people. Um, So, yeah, that was kind of the thing there. 
That is a, that's a really cool thing that you said that because I hadn't even – it had occurred to me. When I think of people going live, I think of them, I want to show you what I'm doing and whatever. And here you are saying, well, no, this is my chance to have these, you know, in your case, 138,000 people who follow me, give them a chance to ask me questions or talk to me. So, Jason, how come you don't do that? Um, I used to go live before. There was um, – three years ago, the whole live streaming started, and there were specific – um, companies that only did live, such as like UpLive, LiveMe, and they were contracting influencers to specifically go live. Um, so you would get paid for a certain amount of hours that you were live. Um, so I believe back then it was about, you had to do 20 hours a week minimum. Um, you had to stay live for at least two hour periods um, just to like engage your fans and be available. Um, I stopped doing that a few months into those contracts because it was very exhausting um, because you're, you're essentially unfiltered. You're completely live. Everything is unedited and you have these people that come into your live and they're just commenting these questions. Sometimes they're inappropriate. Sometimes they're just trying to like poke the bear a little bit to get a reaction out of you. There used to be a lot of, um, screen recording that used to happen when you go live, which still happens. And it, you see it a lot on TikTok where people download these live videos and then stitch it together with something else to like make some sort of commentary about this person or call them out about something that they said that they don't agree with. And then it goes viral and essentially kind of like blows up in this person's face um, on something that would have seemingly been like, just like a passing thought. I'm not sure if, if this is uh, landing the way I want it to, but it's, it's a lot because you're opening, like you said, we, everybody knows a lot about us, but we don't know a lot about other people, but yeah. we're opening ourselves up if we're live to all of these people to kind of see how we live, see how we interact um, on an unfiltered basis. And it could be, to me, I, I found it a little bit invasive since I already share so much on social media of who I am. So I just like having some sort of my life a little bit private, which includes my living space and how I interact with my surrounding environment at home. Um, so I just stopped <laughs> doing that. And, and what you said, Jason, is triggered. Some, yeah, please, Keith, go ahead. Yeah, and, and Jason, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I For me, I would not be able to go live if I didn't have some kind of filtration process. Uh, I think Paul mentioned that I go live with my girlfriend, um, and sometimes I'll have friends come over too. They are kind of that filtration process for me. Um, and and I'm, I'm in a similar position with you that I don't think that I could sit there on my own and just and just go live and have a conversation with people. Um, that's not who I am, and I, I I would burn out very quickly off of that too. Well, and there's something I'm gonna I, I, Ben. I'm gonna come to you in a moment, but I do want to go to Matt for a second because all of you do this, but Matt, you you do this a lot, which is it's not a live video for me. It's sort of a hybrid, even though it's probably not. But you're you're live. We don't see you live, but you'll record like on set, for example, or when you're with Courtney, your co-host. For those the guys who don't don't, don't know her, um, and oftentimes you're just you're filming what you guys are doing. It's it's sort of a behind the scenes look at something coming up on yeah. the show. But you do it in your personal life anyway. You'll do it at dinner. You'll do you'll do it on a boat. You know wherever you are. All of a sudden and boom, up comes what isn't live for us, but you record it live. Um, is, is that your version of, of going live? How do you see it? 
Yeah, that is because like the like the boys are saying, you know, you can filter it and, and do it the way you want. But for me, you know, I'm on this TV show and it's very structured and it's a certain way, as you know, like when you host a show, you've you got to present a certain version of yourself. And there's a and not that I hold back on TV. I'm pretty much myself on both platforms, but there's certain things that just doesn't make it and don't does not make it. And I want to be able to show that. And that's the fun stuff. And oftentimes we find ourselves saying like, Oh, this is actually the better show, you know, the behind the scenes. And, <laughs> and if we could really say what we're thinking in this moment or really show off the dynamic between Courtney and myself, or just me and my friends, I, I love showing that off. And it, and again, you can kind of filter it. You put out there. It's fun to me. That's the best part of social media. I love, I love stories. I'll post a reel here and there. I'm not on TikTok. I'll post a photo. But, like, the stories are my favorite part um, because it just captures a fun moment or a fun picture. By the way, for me, I love being able to follow you and Courtney because I get your videotaping of her doing something silly, and then, boom, she's posting something of you uh, from her perspective doing the same thing. I get the whole story uh, when, when I'm checking you both out. Ben, I do want to ask you about this notion of going live, as Keith does, but then also what, what all of them, and Jason, you do this too. It, it's this, you know, you'll, you're, you're live in the moment. Maybe, Jason, you're in the, you know, working out or something like that. We get these live moments, even though we see them live. Did that change the the territory at all, Ben, for people? I think it. I think it did. I mean, I, I, there. You know, if we think of just the evolution of uh, of what we can do as moving from you know from text, right, like these little tweets, to then you know uh, photo dominated um, sharing, like on Instagram, and and now that you know video is sort of a part of this, and whether it's live video or like uh, Matthew's sort of, you know, showing these live moments that are in just the recent past. Um, they're, they're much more, you know, there's just much more information there. There's much more ability to sort of get to know what's going on and, and figure out personalities and, um, and, and what people are like. And, and so I think that that is an important uh, part of this, this evolution. And it's also interesting because the platforms themselves and just the technology, it's, it's amazing to have, you know, however many followers you have, and to feel like you can actually use this, use these platforms as a way to interact. And I think that I, I like how, how that was described earlier as this opportunity to not just show yourself, but actually uh, feel like you're interacting more with people that you, that are interested in you or what you're interested in. And, and so it allows more two-way communication, allows more uh, community building. And I think the community building is something that live interaction um, can do in a new and different way. And, it also means that you don't have to live in the same neighborhood in Chicago, that you can uh, do this all around the world with people that are interested in, in what you have to say. And so the, the platforms allow for some anonymity, which, which leads to maybe some more risk-taking and, some more, and sometimes some really um, terrible activity. But also it allows for this sense of intimacy that you wouldn't necessarily get. Um, if, if, you know, in, in other formats, it's, it's sort of, uh, you know, there's a lot of different, um, edges to the sword uh, when it comes to social media. And, you know, Jason, you said early on in the in the program um, that that 
you know, it's one way when you're doing television and whatever. It's, you know, you're, you're presenting certain parts of yourself and certain parts of the background. So, Jason, you might have people who come up to you who just recognize you because they saw you on Jimmy Kimmel or whatever it is. And, Matt, same for you. You have people who just know you because you're on every week doing Chicago Today. I have people come up to me because I cover politics, so they just want to swear at me. But, um, but Keith, I, I want to come to you because, you know, you're, you're not, to my knowledge, you're not on television. You're not in that kind of realm. Do you have, do you go out to eat or, or whatever and just have people come up to you because they follow you on social media um, and, and recognize you from that? Uh, that's happened a couple times. It, it wouldn't happen. Uh, it actually doesn't happen as much as, as you may think, but um, yeah, it definitely has happened a couple of times. When it happens, it's always it's always kind of funny, um, and it's always in like the most unexpected kind of ways. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to say because it's just funny to me, you know, when I was when I was at Pop Sugar and when I was doing these other digital outlets when I was working for them, I you know it, there was like millions of views on these videos and it was just going everywhere and all that kind of stuff and like. Never got recognized. Never got recognized. <laughs> like it was never a thing. The minute I came to Chicago and was on a local TV show, I get recognized more than I ever did in my life. And I just found that very interesting that so many people say, oh, TV's dying. It's a dying breed or this and that. And it's like so opposite of what I've experienced. Like I just get more response. Granted, people reach out to me on social media. They like comment and I've, there's people that are, around the country that I talk to and stuff, but it's really funny how TV still has that presence that I, that I didn't think it did. Yeah. The, and I'm going to ask Ben about that, but actually Jason, so you're the perfect person to ask this when you do get recognized, is it recognized more for social media or because somebody, Oh, I saw you on Kimmel. I saw you. Uh, I watched the boy culture series. What, why, why do people recognize you? Um, it actually comes in, in very different forms. So I, I have, had people approach me because they've seen Criminal Minds or most recently Boy Culture since it's like traveling all over the world, it seems. Um, but interestingly enough, they don't actually, for the majority of people don't actually come up to me in person. They will send me a message on Instagram or TikTok and be like, are you at Luminosis right now? And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> um, I am? Question mark. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, I ha- I did have someone message me saying that they, they saw me, they wish they had said hi, but I seems intimidating or something, <laughs> which I, I don't know why. Cause I, I feel like, I feel like I'm pretty welcoming. Um, but it's very interesting. I don't get a lot of people come up to me in person. Um, they'll just message me on whatever platform they follow me and say they saw me or, um, they're across the street or something like that, um, which may factor into the whole anonymity of social media. And it, it would be very interesting to kind of like explore why people are more confident online than in person, even though we may have been following each other for a while. We may have message like, Oh my God, your video is funny. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for following. Um, but then when it comes to like a real in-person interaction, it's kind of like stunted almost. Yeah, I, you know, I get to, I, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> well, that's right. And, it, and of course, I, and I get that. I'm sure you do get this, Matt. I walk down the street and sometimes it's, you're the news guy. And, and sometimes I love when somebody, I was at a show recently and a mother and daughter came up and stared at me. And, and, and I'm like, you know, hi, uh, you know, and sometimes it's, it makes sense because they know who I am. But other times it's like, we, we love your show on ABC. I'm like, that's great. I'm not on ABC, but I'm glad you're watching. Um, <laughs> so it's a little weird. 
But ben, ben, by the way, I just had to run that. Matt, do you get that? Do you get a bunch of people who recognize you, but they give you the wrong, the wrong network, the wrong something all the time? Well, normally it's people coming up to Courtney who's standing next to me and go, oh, my God, I love you on WGN. And I'm like, she's on NBC <laughs> now. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Listen, dump- but no, yeah, that's, we, ju- that's a Chicago thing. Like, where do I know you? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm sorry. WGN is number yeah, one around yeah, here. So I do have you beat on that. So and Ben, let me come to you because yeah. Matt made a great well, point. Morning, We're here from the other morning. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, no, all our, all of our news actually, but that's okay. Uh, ben, this notion that you know people do say TV's dying and whatever, and, and anybody who, in my life who I know that's in their twenties, they don't watch TV, they don't. But it, but I think Matt's right. I mean, I just is there like a, a secret TV contingency of people who actually are watching this, or or is social media taking over the world, and that really is the the, the king of it all? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, when we, we have a tendency to focus on the newer and the more exciting, whatever it is, right? The newer innovations, right? And, and while all of social media is not new, there are new aspects to it. Um, but whether that is suddenly meaning that TV is dying, no, I mean, it, it's, it's not, I mean, TV is evolving just like all of these forms, the, the streaming services are um, you know, becoming more dominant or, or playing a larger role. But if you just look at statistics, right, of where people are getting their, people still want to watch live news. They still want their local news. They want live events, live sports, live, you know, live, live things that are happening around, uh, around the world. And that happens on, you know, on, on TV. And so TV still is, still dominates. It's, it's just not as exciting as, focusing on the new trends on TikTok, which are really exciting for a subset of the population. Um, but I think broadly speaking, um, TV as it traditionally has been used is still traditionally being used, but especially by o- the, the older the population is. And, and younger people in this country and around the world are are more open to evolving how they're accessing these different things. So, you know, we all know a lot of people that have cut the cord and don't have cable at home anymore, but it doesn't mean that they're not necessarily that they're not watching any TV or that they're not watching even live TV. There's a lot of other ways to access it. And all of that is, it it just, it just means that there's more out there, but, um, but no TV is, TV is not dying. And I just can't, I'm the one person here that has, um, I'm thinking about all of these discussions of people seeing you out in public and recognizing you and, for me, that sounds so intimidating, right? As as someone who is not a, a public figure and as someone who is not looking to to really, you know, increase the the size of the following for for really professional reasons, and as someone who's maybe a little bit more of an introvert, it's interesting thinking about the the personal psychology of doing this and what it means for you know for us individually. But I I give you all so much credit. I I would be. Uh, I would be intimidated if someone would have someone coming up and recognizing me. Thankfully, that that doesn't happen. <laughs> I recognize you when I see you, but that's just me. Um, and that's of course, you, there I, is a mer- I appreciate that. <laughs> there is a merging of things because while WGN used to be national, now it is primarily Chicagoland area. But thanks to live streaming, Matt, people can go to, right, in my case, WGNTV.com and watch my show live, even though they live in Russia or wherever they live. So that always helps. Guys, what I want to do, we're about out of time, but I wanted to just have, you know, for people who are listening, who are wanting to get insights and wanting to learn, and maybe they're all fans of yours. I, I'm sure you will share this this interview with, with all the folks who follow you. So they're listening for that. But, um, and, and Jason, I'll start with you. Um, for people who are listening, saying, I want to be one of these guys. I want to, I want to grow. I, I just, can you give a top 
tip, a top thought, something that you would give to people who watch your page and, and all of your social media and say, Jason, I, can I be like you? Can they? And what tip would you give them? Uh, yeah, I think it ties back to what Keith was saying earlier. It's about finding something that um, you're authentically passionate about, um, not worrying so much because the followers will come eventually. As long as you find that one thing that you really love doing, you'll connect with that um, community that also loves doing the, the exact same thing that you're interested in. Um, I don't know if they want to be like me specifically. My page is a little bit all over the place. I tend to shift focus every few months. Um, but that may be a personal problem that we'll discuss later. Um, <laughs> I think it's just about, yeah, even there are uh, people who have millions of followers and their page is about playing with toy cars. And there's people with millions of followers who are hairstylists. And there's people, it's, it's just about finding the one thing that authentically makes you happy um, and sharing that joy with other people. Because especially, I mean, especially in the times we're living in now, People do seek out um, people that they can connect with and experience some sort of happiness, and especially if it's kind of even more lighthearted. They just, they just want to escape their reality for a few minutes because we're living in a very tough time, um, especially now with this global pandemic and politics just don't seem to be getting any better. Um, so anybody can do it is my long-winded answer. Well, do what makes you happy to share that with people and people find you. Yeah, I, I find that when I post pictures of my dogs, that's where the likes come in, right? More than anything else, is show the dogs. Uh, Keith, yeah, for you, I want to take a little bit. <laughs> Right. Keith, the specific thing for you, because you make a difference as, as an environmentalist, uh, you know, as a vegan, in these kind of social issue things, for folks who have that as a concern, because one of the things that strikes me is, you know, again, I'll, I'll take a look at your, your Insta feed or whatever you call it on the top of the stories, come up and, you know, maybe we'll see your, your daughter waking up in the morning and you're saying hi to her and there's the kitty cats like Cheddar, uh, your new cat, and, you know, we get to see them. But then sometimes it's you and it's you talking about the environment and making a point. So do you have advice for somebody who's ultimate goal is to try and make a difference in the world in terms of social issues. Is there a magic to what you do that would help them? Um, honestly, it, it's, it kind of relates back to what Jason was saying. And I think there's, there's a bit of a two part answer here. Um, and in the, honestly, in the beginning for me, it was about focus and establishing my name in something and developing a bit of an audience. And then once I've developed, like once you've developed a bit of an audience, I feel as though you have the more of an ability to branch out. Um, but I think with social issues specifically, um, it helps to show that you're a human being uh, because like what Jason was saying, um, there are a lot of very polarizing things um, and climate and environmentalism tends to be one of those things. Um, and, Living in Texas, it's a very uh, not uh, climate-centric um, state, I think is a very cautious way of putting that. Um, but I, showing that you're, you're a human being and this is something that you care about, not that you're just like yelling about things and showing why you care about it. Um, for me, my why is, I mean, I, I am a young person, but I'm also a father and we have animals. Like There are a number of reasons as to why people... Uh, can understand why I care about this thing and relating back to people on a, on a very personal level is probably the easiest way for you to actually convey your message. Great point. And Matt, I want to kind of tap into your transition 
over time from the guy who said, I'll, I'll stand up against a wall and look hot uh, <laughs> versus how, how do you use it now? What advice do you have to sort of so save some people some time from having to go through those growth pains to realize, I don't know, I thought showing a plate of my spaghetti, that was going to get me a lot of people. <laughs> I never did look hot, by the way. I was always just trying to look hot. <laughs> um, uh, what I would say is social media is a tool like everything else in life. You know, Use it as a tool. It's not the end-all, be-all. It's not the everything. If you're just putting focus into what you do best and you do that, then everything else will fall into place. No matter what career, you know, you know, we're really highlighting entertainment and that kind of thing, too. And um, it doesn't matter what you do, because I know social media applies to all kinds of career paths now. But if you're just good at it, people are going to find out they are. So just keep plowing away at what you do best. That's the best advice I can give. And, and it's all just a tool. There's a lot of tools in your toolboxes. And Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, they're just one of them. They're not the main, they're not the main focus your talent is. Also a great point, because like I said, why it is I found each of you, with the exception of you, Matt, because of connections, but, but Keith and Jason, something about you know just following you just intrigued me, interested me, and, and here we are years later, uh, all sort of getting a sense of, that you know we do know each other, at least I know you very well. Ben, I'll give you the final word as our academic here, um, which is for people who want to get started in this and do that, you know, to, to what extent do they need to be academic? Should they do any homework? Should they get research? Or should they, is it just trial and error? Do your thing. I mean, I think that, that each of the other guys on, uh, on the call uh, are really, really, you know, said so many really important things. I think that being, you know, being who you are and, and thinking of these things as tools, as, as Matt just said, is, is exactly right. Um, I think that when, you know, as, you know, the nerdy academic here, to, one thing that we're always concerned about or there's a lot of focus on is things like misinformation and disinformation and, and, and all of these different pieces that can be really dangerous. But one thing that, that a lot of research goes into suggest is that emotions really matter. And that can be both negative and positive. But if you're personal, if you're yourself, and, uh, and ultimately you're able to have some emotional connection to people out there, that's what's ultimately going to bring people in. It, it can be used to spread really positive, great messages. It can also be used to make it more likely for people to share you know, misinformation. But if you, if you're looking to start out, I mean, I'm, I'm not the expert here because I don't have a huge following, but it's important to, to be who you are. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for the insight. Uh, my hope is that people listen to this, got something out of it. Uh, we'll follow you guys uh, and see how you do what you do. Uh, and so my, my deep thanks to you, uh, Professor Ben Epstein, Jason Casades, Keith Lau, Matt Rodriguez, who we can watch here in Chicago at 1130 on Fridays. Thank you all, everybody, for joining me. And, um, hey, we're now best friends because social media made it that way. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Life has come a long way since the telephone hour. Bye-bye, Birdie. But uh, we are where we are. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Well, if you want to know more about what we've talked about here, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Paul Lisnick. That's P-A-U-L-L-I-S-N-E-K. And I'd love to hear your comments or topic suggestions for future podcasts. You can also go to my website, paullisnick.tv. And hey, don't forget to hit subscribe on WGN Plus and iTunes. And tune in each week to hear more Insider Scoop coming to you from behind the curtain.